Hello, my friends. It's your host, Allison McGee, coming to you on a gray, cold day here in the part of the country that some inhabitants want to rename from the upper Midwest to North. The strength and simplicity of that word and the way it resonates in this lifelong Northerner is appealing. I'm not sure what happened to the North campaign or if it was ever a real thing, as in a put-it-on-the-ballot official kind of thing, but I do like it. Here in the North, it has been an awful stretch. As I record this, 12 jurors are deliberating over whether Derek Chauvin, a former Minneapolis police officer, is guilty of murder. As the trial was happening last week, another black man, only 20 years old, a young father with a big, beautiful smile, was killed by another police officer in a nearby suburb. The streets of my neighborhood here in Minneapolis are currently full of National Guard troops. Giant camouflage army vehicles are trundling around. When I walked to the grocery store yesterday, I walked past men with rifles standing on street corners. And almost all of the businesses in my neighborhood and other neighborhoods are boarded up. It's throwing me back to a year ago. In my neighborhood, the streets are lined with cars bearing Minnesota license plates. But in the weeks and months after George Floyd was murdered, a large number of cars with out-of-state plates would suddenly appear during the protests, vandalism, looting that followed the murder. Those cars would be gone the next morning. Incendiaries were hidden in bushes and gardens all over our neighborhoods. I personally witnessed men searching through my own garden. My front yard is just a, a giant mess of perennials and bushes. I witnessed them searching through it in the middle of the night. My neighbors and I on our block all kept watch over each other's houses. I also witnessed numerous U-Hauls and other cars without license plates driving erratically, stopping and starting going the wrong way multiple times on my one-way street and other one-way streets throughout our neighborhoods during the unrest. The systemic racism in Minneapolis and Minnesota is deep and long-standing, as it is throughout our entire country. While most of us want to uproot it and recognize that with necessary change comes upheaval, there are plenty of people, both in-state and out-of-state, who will choose violent means to keep the status quo. And they are organized. In the years since George Floyd was murdered, we have seen it over and over, including the insurrection at our own National Capitol building on January 6th. This is our national shame. It doesn't have to be this way. None of it has to be this way. This is what I keep waking up and thinking about. This is what I was crying about on the phone with my partner the other night. Why do some make it so hard for others to have easier lives? It doesn't have to be this way. 
all the isms that keep so many oppressed and poor and struggling, all the isms that keep a relative few in ease and physical comfort, racism, sexism, heterosexism, capitalism, ableism, all the isms and their first cousins, shame and blame. None of it has to be this way. Why is cruelty so much more common than kindness? That is the question that comes to me when everything feels too bleak to bear. The answer, it isn't. But in the depths, when I am down deep, it requires conscious effort to remind myself of that, to find proof of it. Every day, I write down at least one thing that is good, that I myself saw or was part of. I think of it like popping a daily pill called Antidote to Hate. sampling from the past week. Drove to Brooklyn Center High School with four bags of tampons and pads and counted dozens and dozens of cars and volunteers unloading dozens and dozens of boxes and bags of donated food and milk and supplies onto pallets for distribution in a food and supply desert. Found a note in the poetry hut that reads, Thank you for the poems. Somehow each one is always relevant to the day I've had. Happy spring, a neighbor. Read a post on Nextdoor from a woman whose tie-dye napkins, a special order for her brother's memorial service that she is planning with great care, had been stolen from her front porch. I, with many others, told her how sorry I was. And then I watched as neighbor after neighbor, tie-dye artists, sewers, offered to make her replacement napkins and make them in a hurry. How, how soon did she need them? When was the service? Saw an entire forest of supporters grow online in about two hours. This morning, when I was out running, a girl walking across the street called to me to tell me she loved my hair. I watched a young friend collect over $1,000 in a matter of hours to buy supplies and meals for the protesters in Brooklyn Center. So that's a random sampling of my daily anti-hate medication. (gasps) But you know what? It shores me up. It shores me up. It reminds me that hatred and cruelty are not more prevalent than kindness and love, and generosity. I just have to keep looking. Sometimes I gotta shut down a whole lot of outside things, including the news, to shore myself up so I can keep on looking. Kindness and love and generosity are everywhere. This episode is going to air after the jury has returned its verdict. Whatever happens, The hate will continue.
but so with the love and kindness. Here is a poem called What to Do by the incredible and soulful poet Joyce Sutphin. I read it to myself every few days, just as a reminder. What to Do by Joyce Sutphin Wake up early before the lights come on in the houses on the street that was once a farmer's field at the edge of a marsh. Wander from room to room, hoping to find words that could be enough to keep the soul alive, words that might be useful or kind. In a world that is more wasteful and cruel every day, remind us that we are like grass that fades, fleeting clouds in the sky. And then give us just one of those moments when we were paying attention, when we gave up everything to see the world in a grain of sand or to behold a rainbow in the sky, the heart leaping up. Well, that's it for today's episode, my friends. Thank you for listening. If you liked it, spread the word. Send the link to someone else who might. Tell your friends. Give us a good rating if you are inclined to do so. Original theme music for our show is by Dylan Parisi. Additional music, that underlay that you hear now and again, is by Kelly Krebs. Today's poem, What to Do by Joyce Sutphin, was read by Mark Gary and is used with the poet's kind permission. Words by Winter is created and hosted by me, writer Alison McGee. Tell me what you're going through and I will go in search of a poem to help you and all of us through, the way poems have been helping me since I was a little girl. Send me a voice memo via email to wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com. Or just drop me a line at the same address, which again is wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com. For more info, go to alisonmcgee.com, Words by Winter, conversations, reflections, and poems about the passages of life. Because it's rough out there. We all know it's rough out there. And we have to help each other through. <laughs>